are back for another episode of After Dark with Robin Andrew. Joining me tonight is Heather Robinson of the New York Post. And tonight we're going to talk about the migrant crisis that's taking place around the country. But what I'm finding interesting, Heather, is how you have Democrats who are stumbling over each other, playing the blame game, and not accepting responsibility for what they've done or what their party has done. Now, last night, Andrew and I, we were just coming off of remembering 9-11, and we had discussed how the media is trying to, in a way, forget about Mm 9-11 and want people to think that it doesn't exist. So they're doing the same thing with the migrant crisis, hoping that people don't realize what contributed or what caused or what is causing the migrant crisis. And I I hate saying migrant crisis. I hate it because it's not necessarily a migrant crisis. The people that came from Afghanistan, when it failed, that we helped to come here, I consider them to be migrants, people who are coming from other countries or nations uh, to escape religious persecution or whatever persecution that they're encountering, I consider them as being migrants. The people that are coming in at our, from our southern border, coming in and uninvited and illegally, I call them illegal aliens. And I know that people have a difficult time with the word illegal and aliens, but if we could take out the illegals and just say illegal migrants, but I'm not going to say migrants as if they're, they're migrating here legally because we know that they're not. Now, well, we can say that Biden invited them here. That's fine. But still, they're breaking the law because there is a process for them to come here. So even if Biden invited them here or Kamala, but there's a videotape with them telling them do not come. But that's another story for a different day. and We might discuss it tonight. Who knows? But they're here illegally. So they're illegal migrants. I think that's what I'll start saying, illegal migrants, because people, they, they get upset when I say illegal aliens, where they're not aliens. And I'm like, well, you know, according to the Constitution, I think that word is there. Look it up. But mm-hmm. if you guys have, you know, that you're getting your panties in a wad because I'm saying illegal aliens, I'll say illegal migrants that are coming here across our southern border. There is a process for them to come. But of course, the Democrats have decided to throw it all out because they just want as many illegal migrants here as possible because they're looking at what well, we can change the demographics of our voting system. And if you go back and you looked at previous administrations up until when Trump came in, a little bit after before Barack Obama left office, they were all saying, we need to get the illegals coming across the border. We need to get that in check because they shouldn't be here. Bill Clinton said it. George Bush one and two said it. Barack Obama even said it. Even those individuals who were running for the presidency said it. John Kerry, Hillary Clinton. But once they did a little survey, a little research, and said, oh, wait a minute, this could change the Electoral College. We'll have all these people here. Never mind that they're here illegally. Never mind that they can't vote because we see now that they're trying to get them to vote. So today, look at where we are. We're busting at the seams. Schools have started. Schools are having to cater to these illegal migrants' children. No, it's no fault of the children. It's the fault of the parents. But someone has to be an adult in the room. But what scares me, Heather, is that there are many people, educated people at that, completely oblivious as to what's happening, oblivious to the laws, because they're being made to feel that if you don't like them coming here, you're a bad person, because the United States is open to all. It doesn't belong to, here we go, the white man, because they stole it from the Indians. Well, you can say that of any country. 
countries came in and they took over other countries. I'm not saying that it was fair, but why should we, what's so special about, well, we got to really look at how Columbus came here and took the land from the Indians. Yeah, but you look at Europe, you have the Norse, you look at Spain, you look at Italy, the same thing happened. But they have made people feel guilty as to the way this country was settled, as opposed to saying it happened, we're now proud of it, but let's learn from history. May it never happen again. But yet and still you have Democrats that are going into Ukraine. Oh, we got to spend money on Ukraine. We got to protect their borders. Oh, we need to go to Afghanistan. We need to give them our democracy. And we've spoken about this before, you and I, Heather, about Western democracy is not democracy for other countries, but they want you to believe it. So when you look at this and to put it all into context and you look at what's happening here, you'll find out that, wait a minute, we are walk, we are a walking in contradictory uh, mouthpiece. We say one thing and we do another. And then we try to make it right and you can't. Heather, what are your thoughts? Well, I think that I was speaking to a good friend of mine who's a, a liberal Democrat visiting me here in Pittsburgh about this issue. And she's a very sincere person. She actually cares about issues and people, not just about trying to be right and hating the other side. And we had a good conversation about it. And she was saying that she feels that most Democrats think it's a humanitarian thing to allow, you know, even welcome these these people across the Mexico border, Mexicans and people from all around South America and the rest of the world, that there's hardship and desperation and that's why they're coming, that we can make a little room for them. And I listened to her. I think in her case, it's sincere. Uh, but one of the points I made, and I've been concerned for years about this, Rob, uh, is that I've interviewed retired Customs and Border Patrol officers who said that when Biden came into office, the law changed so that families with children couldn't be held for more than three days because of the big outcry about keeping children detained. I mean, we heard children were being kept in cages. I think that's, you know, probably an exaggeration. But the reason from my research that children were being held separately from their parents had to do with trying to protect children because you can't hold children and non-family adults in the same room. You can't have that for obvious reasons. So basically these kinds of problems, this, this what's been described and decried as inhumane treatment by America would not be necessitated if we had a firm border and we had um, a more efficient processing of people who claim legitimate asylum claims. Uh, there are people, you know, who are persecuted and they, there is a process, like you said, Rob, and I'm sure it could probably be more efficient than it is. I think that is a very important thing that that exists. Um, we know during World War II and other times there were people who truly were facing death, certain death in gas chambers who were turned away. And I think because of that and how wrong it was, some people, some leftists and liberals and even a lot of my own people, my fellow Jewish people, are anything that like in any way reminds them of this. They bend over backwards the other way to be very pro any kind of immigration or, you know, but I think that there are big differences here. Uh, you're right. I don't think that, I mean, I'm not dismissing the hardship and difficulties that the people who are coming here from Mexico and other places are experiencing, but they're not facing a genocide. Um, this is not, they're not all asylum seekers. Uh, I, you know, I'll paraphrase Trump. He said it 
there, some of them are probably very nice people, but some th there are criminal elements. And the bottom line is we have a right to a border and a country, as any country does. And I think we need healthy boundaries. You know, you hear this all the time in therapy speak, you know, about people and their relationships. You know, I said this to my friend to bring it back. You know, I said to her, look, you're a very charitable, good person. You know, she, you help a child. She sponsors a child in Central America and she sends money and talks to the child on the phone once or twice a month. That's a beautiful thing to do. But you don't you can't open your home to every child. You, know, you have to pick and choose. You have to do what you can do. And then you have to say no sometimes, unfortunately, but you can't just have no boundaries. Just like an individual, you can hopefully be charitable. You can help a friend in need. I'm not suggesting that America do nothing and turn you know, away everybody uh, without any examination of what's happening. And don't. But like, just like a person, you know, you cannot literally give your money away and your home away to every single person you see on the street and, or you would have no home left and you would have no order or health to your own life. And people can understand this on an individual level, you know, and I'm not saying be a total jerk and don't help anybody. And, you know, yeah, you do what you can, but you have to have personal boundaries and this country needs to have boundaries. So clearly this isn't working. We're getting overrun. And, you know, Mayor Adams, I, you know, I think he's certainly not the worst of the left. I mean, he does have a pragmatic streak, but he, you know, he needs to be consistent here. It was he who said that New York should be a sanctuary city. Now he's acknowledging the city's going to be ruined, destroyed was the word he used. Why is it any different for these people in the Southwest? I mean, if he understands it's not working for New York, now maybe he can understand it's not working for these border towns and we need to have boundaries in this country. So I think they need to be honest that it's their own party's lax policies that have created this situation. And instead, they're just blaming each other. Right. I look at the mayor of Chicago, who's now attacking Mayor Eric Adams and saying that, it's not the migrants aren't the problem, and we need to make certain that we're finding a place for them. But when you have a budget, a city budget that's about to explode because you're spending a lot of the expenditures on individuals who should not be there. I mentioned the openings of schools, and you look at a lot of these kids are going to be in our schools who can't speak English. So the public schools are going to have to rush around and find someone who could speak English or find translators, and we've got to pay them. So our kids who are paying, their parents are paying taxes, will more than likely suffer. Now, they'll tell us, oh, that's not, that's not going to happen. But in the end, when we start looking at it, we'll see that that is the case. And where's Randy Weingartner now? Miss Randy Weingart, who was saying, shut down the schools and teachers can't go to school and we need to do this to protect the teachers. Where is she now? Hiding. Somewhere hiding. Because she's quiet, because she wants this to take place. Our children will suffer because if we're, we're allowing the children of illegal immigrants inside of our schools. Again, this is not the fault of the children. No, this is about the Democrat. It's the Democrat policy that mm -hmm. is telling these individuals, come here, look at what you will get. We'll put yeah. you in five-star hotels. We'll give you three meals a day. We'll even cater to your country's cuisine. Meanwhile, you have Americans who aren't getting that. They're not being treated that way. Yeah. Our school system is in a shambles. The money that we're, give, we're giving toward those students could be used toward our kids to help our kids increase their math and reading scores, but no one cares about it. 
We're too busy. Oh, we want to be helped. There's no more room in the end. It's, yeah. That's it. We, we, yeah. can't, we, yeah. we can't help out anymore, Heather. And, you know, another thing I learned when I interviewed these Customs and Border Patrol officials, and I, you know, I should probably write a follow up piece about this already, um, is that a couple of the guys told me that they had been, you know, they were retired, they had worked in CBP for many decades. And they said that this is really not entirely a new problem. But what has changed is, it's gone from being men coming from Mexico, seasonal workers, say, if you go back to the 70s, 80s, there were lots of men who would come and they, you know, they would come across the border, whatever, in the, uh, you know, spring and do the harvests and work in the fields and then go back to Mexico. And that that was, um, you know, some people felt it was a problem. Some people didn't. But it was something that has gone on for many decades. What's changed is people have started coming in whole families and bringing children. And a couple of these Customs and Border Patrol guys told me, they said, really, they think our policies have incentivized this because there's such an outcry, um, you know, for nobody to hold children and for everybody who comes with a child to be let in that this this policy in America has had the unintended consequence of prompting people to bring their children or bring somebody else's children. You know, these guys both told me they were very nervous that they might've been waving through human traffickers because there's no way to really know, are the children really the children of these parent people you're letting in? There's very little oversight. No one's tracking these children once they're in America you know, they, I guess they're given a court date, but a lot of times people don't show up for the court date. And then nobody knows where they are or who they are. And anybody who calls ICE is deemed to be a horrible person. Um, so essentially what we've done is, you know, it's kind of reminds me of what some social scientists pointed out, conservatives, how welfare in America had the unintended consequence of incentivizing a breakdown in family structure because obviously the intention was good you don't want children going hungry but when you give more aid to families of dependent children who where there's only one parent you're you know you may be unintentionally disincentivizing marriage well similarly in this case from what i have heard a lot of people are incentivized who wouldn't have in the 70s and 80s, they weren't dragging their children across the border or sending their children. In fact, one of the men I interviewed said that's not normal in Latin culture. Traditionally, the man goes and looks for work. It's not. It wasn't considered, um, you know, a manly thing to do. You know, you you were you know, men would go do the work. You know, make money, go back to their families in Mexico. That was more the typical pattern. 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. This business of bringing children arguably has been created by our government policies, by these left-wing policies that reward people for doing that. And it's probably had the unintended consequence of getting a lot of children killed because, you know, some children die on the way. And Obama himself, you know, who's a big hero to the left, I mean, one thing I do give Obama credit for, he said at one point, please, he gave a speech a few years ago when he was president and said, just whatever you do, do not bring your children because a lot of these kids are dying on the way. You know, I mean, since then, the Democrats have shut up about that. Once recently, Kamala said something similar. But as far as I'm aware, she's the only one. I mean, it was like mentioned once. But I mean, in general, anybody who cares about children shouldn't be encouraging this because 
you know, some of these kids don't even make it. And, you know, it's, it's horrible. I mean, it's, it's all supposed to be in the name of helping people, but it's, it's actually hurting people. I mean, it's causing more harm than good. I think so. I think so. And, and we, we need to do something about it. Uh, the sooner, the better, as opposed to allowing our border to be crushed with this influx of illegal immigrants. Notice I said illegal immigrants. You tuned in to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. We're due for a commercial break, but I would encourage you all to visit AmericaOutloud.shop. There on AmericaOutloud.shop, a new site that we've created, you can find books, you can find nutritions and things that I think that you would really apply to your daily life. Go away, come back, and we'll continue the second half after dark with Robin Andrew. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Out loud. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. So Heather, I got to ask you something. During the first block of the show, you mentioned that a friend of yours, a good friend of yours, supporting a child in South America. And back in the the 80s and 90s, that was really big that Mm -hmm. you would sponsor a child in another country, a child who wasn't well off. And they would say as little as, I think, a dollar a day, you would be Mm -hmm. able to just change this child's life. And there was a movie with Jack Nicholson. It's titled About Schmidt. And okay. I don't know if you remember this or not, but he was sponsoring a child in Africa. And, mm-hmm. I, and he couldn't pronounce the kid's name. I think the kid's name was Fandugu or something. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a really great movie. Mm-hmm. And he would send this kid these letters and he would send the dollar. And he, would, he was explaining the kid, to the kid what was going on in his life. And he was in a, having a midlife crisis. Now he's <laughs> just breaking up. You know, his children were mad at him. He would start the letter, Dear Fundugu, this is what I'm going through. So I thought found it really interesting. <laughs> so if you guys want a good movie to watch uh, that's not a woke movie, I would definitely recommend About Schmidt with mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson. And I, and I think it came on in 2002 or 2003. Okay. But yeah, going back to what I wanted to ask you. So your friend is actually sponsoring a child in yes. South America. I didn't know that still that was still going on. Yes, I could ask her about it. She, my friend is um, African American woman. Uh-huh. She's a religious Christian, and she is. She describes herself as a liberal Democrat, 
Um, but, you know, she is like, you know, among my friends who is a liberal who I can really talk to. I mean, she's one of the friends I didn't lose because over politics, even though, you know, she does. She didn't understand my being a Trump supporter. And we did this uh, exercise together where we just listened to each other. We just listened to each other talk about why, you know, why do you like Trump? Why do you not? And it was really an eye opener. And, it, you know, it, it didn't hurt our friendship. I mean, she's, you know, I say, I like to say she's a true liberal. You know, she's a person who's a liberal, I think, because she's idealistic. She cares about people. She's a humanitarian. And yeah, she just holds the views she holds. You know, unlike some leftists, she's not a hypocrite. She really cares about people. And she just sees certain things differently. And I, although, you know, she, anyway, I don't mean to get off topic. She, she, yeah. Yes, she does support. She, I think it was through her church. Um, okay. She, um, she sponsors a child and she talks to the child, a little girl, I think, every month or so. And, um, you know, tries to give her, my friend is works in finance. And I think that, you know, she's trying to give the little girl some in, advice about, you know, developing her her academic skills and uh you know i can find out more and report back next time i don't remember what country the child is in but you know my, i mentioned my friend because she's a person who really cares about these um you know immigrants and to her it's not just a talking point so but she came to she did acknowledge the truth to what i was saying that we cannot you know that, that you can't do everything that sometimes in life you have to make choices and you have to choose what the priorities are and prioritize helping those most desperately in genuine need, perhaps, but you cannot take on the problems of the whole world, nor can you solve the problems of the whole world. And she did understand and appreciate my analogy. You know, like I said to her, you sponsored this child that's so beautiful, but you don't let every random person on the street into your apartment. I mean, you you know, you have to, even if you're a giving, very good person, you have to have some boundaries or you will be overwhelmed. And that's what's happening. Right. No, so I wonder why is it that people that are supporting these policies, why would they just stop to think that why don't we send money to those countries? Why are we inviting their people to right? And we do, and that money is being mismanaged. Probably, I know we give by a their lot government of aid, that we give a lot of foreign aid. And the bottom line is, you know, Rob, I don't mean to sound harsh. You really cannot solve another pro- country's problems for them. Right. You can't. Exactly. I, mean, I, I don't think you should. I agree with you. I think there are people who need our help. I think that we should start with the people who've shown themselves to be loyal to this country. I mean, it breaks my heart and is an outrage that we abandoned Afghan allies to be killed and persecuted and tortured by the Taliban. I mean, I think people who have shown their loyalty to this country, number one, people who are facing genuine, you know, abuse. Um, we've always taken in a lot of people in this country, but unless we want to just open the borders and, and have well, no that's what a, well, a lot of people think that we should would say that's what libertarian they would say, you know, that the market will determine, um, you know, eventually people will start. Now, I don't favor doing that, but I think it's more consistent. I think what we're doing now is like the worst of both worlds. It's like we're saying we have a border and we have a legal process, but we don't we don't require people to obey it. And we vilify the people who are. Who are is yeah, but how, how would the market – how is the market going to adjust if we have all these individuals that are coming here illegally? Uh, they're going to there, – there will be people here, skilled laborers, 
who will be put out of a job. They won't be able to get a job. And, and the impact is always in the black community. You look at Chicago and you look at some of the neighborhoods and what they're saying now, this is not fair. Why are you putting these individuals in our neighborhoods? You have the mm -hmm. same thing in New York. Now, granted, Mayor Eric Adams has put them, have put them up on Fifth Avenue. They're saying that some of the, or they're calling abandoned buildings, office buildings, we're going to convert those to apartment complex and we're going to just move them all there. But here's the thing. What they're doing is this, they're creating the society that we had in the 60s and the 70s. You open up these buildings, you convert them, you say they're going to be government buildings, you don't know how to manage them, and then it starts creating urban decay, and they become slums, they become the ghetto. So you have that. New York had turned itself around in the, in, uh, the 90s. So now we're in 2000, another century, and we're going back. We're reverting back. We're throwing out everything that we've learned <laughs> with how to keep the city sustainable yep. without crimes. And we're saying, oh, we're going to bring it back and we're going to open up all these government housing and we're going to put all these people there because the buildings are just empty. So the government is going to maintain them. It's going to get to the point that the government can't. Look at the NYCHA home houses that we have right now that the government is running. And we see every so often, oh, there's no hot water. Oh, the elevator isn't working. Look at the mold on the walls. So this is what we're going to go back to. Mm -hmm. We're saying, well, we're going to put it in the middle of on Fifth Avenue and we're going to change it and we're going to do, but it's not going to work. Yeah, It's not going, it's wishful thinking. It sounds mm -hmm. good. It looks good. We're saying, oh, well, all these people don't have a place to stay, but who's going to run it? Eventually, you're going to start cutting corners because as Eric Adams said, we're spending billions on these illegal immigrants. Billions. Mm -hmm. And what are we getting in return? Oh, well, they'll go work at a restaurant. Oh, there'll be a dishwasher. How much, how long can they be dishwasher? That's not a sustainable, that's not a sustainable tax base for a city of this size. Yeah, well, all... they don't want to they don't want to attack their anointed one, George, uh, not George, I was gonna say George Bush, but Joe Biden, they don't want to attack him. But he created this problem. So now you have these two mayors, Johnson in Chicago, and Eric Adams attacking each other, playing the blame game when they should say, no, we decided to be a sanctuary city. And when you're a sanctuary city, you're saying that anyone could come here. Why mm -hmm. are you attacking uh, Governor Abbott, I hear people saying, well, I don't think that's fair what he's doing. I'm like, what do you mean? Well, he's sending them to those cities. I'm like, what do you care? You don't live here. Well, he should send them to other cities. But the other cities didn't open their doors to say that we're sanctuary cities. So why should he send them there? He should send them to D.C. He should send them to New York. Now, I don't want them here in New York either because yeah, it's, it's going to mess up our infrastructure. But if you say that you're a sanctuary city and you want to welcome them, which is what – what was it former governor, Governor Cuomo said? And Mayor de Blasio, the uh, former mayor, oh, mm -hmm. we're sanctuary. We're going to welcome you all. And now that you can't, I think Adam's unsustainable. I think Adam said, I mean, I, oh, Adam know. said the same thing during the, the right. beginning of his term. He said, oh, bring them here. And now he's saying, oh, we can't do it. But you yeah. opened up your big mouth, you opened up the door. And here's the sad thing about it, Heather, is that this is a black mayor who will fail. There's no upside. He's going to fail because this is not sustainable. The city will hit – I mean, it's, it will go bankrupt. There's no more room in the end for them. He will fail, and what message does this send out to other people? You had a black man who wanted to get this top job, and he failed. So why should we put them back in? You look at the mayor of Chicago, the exact same thing. They kicked out Lori Lightfoot, and they got another radical. Crime is still up. Black lives are still being killed. Yeah. You look at Bree London or London Bree, the exact same thing. You look at the mayor of New Orleans, all black. But what have they done to change the culture? What have they done to make the city safe? Oh, well, they've done absolutely nothing but blame other people. 
because they can't do it. They weren't fit. They weren't fit for the job. There are other people that are fit and that are capable, Mm -hmm. but this bunch of individuals, they're not. They just wanted to be there because of diversity and equity. Put me there and we're going to do this, but you haven't done anything. But we know the problem. Democrats won't elect a black conservative. Oh, God, no. And, you know, I mean, there are any number of great people who I'm sure could whip these cities into shape. You know, there's some brilliant, brilliant people, you know, minority conservatives, and they will not be given a chance uh, by these Democrats. It's terrible. And at this point, would, they, would a black conservative want to take this on the way they have destroyed it? Well, black conservatives, present company included, are, in my opinion, some of the toughest people I know. And I'm sure there are people who would be, you know, up to that job. And, you know, I think the Democrats are just too, I gotta say it, I just think they're too stupid to elect them. And they're biased. And they feel as if, though, no, they can't do it. We can do it ourselves. But look at what they're doing. They are failing. Now, the article that you sent me the other night, I thought was rather uh, a tell-all as to how they're just lining each other up on a firing squad and just like, okay, let's take this one out and let's take that one out. You want to share that with our listeners, Heather? Oh, you mean the Wall Street Journal piece? That was Dan Henninger's column about yes. how, how the uh, Democratic mayors and uh, governors, Hochul and Adams, they're all just blaming each other for this clearly untenable situation where the city and the state are overwhelmed. And I mean, it's just perfect poetic justice. I mean, it's exactly what the Southwest has been complaining about all these years and no Democrat had any sympathy. And the simple truth is now that they're the ones saddled with the problem, they're getting a taste of why this isn't sustainable. And so instead of draw the obvious conclusion that we have to shut down the border they're blaming each other like a bunch of schoolyard schools that can't acknowledge the obvious. They created the problem, and now they want to hide. All of this lies – this is they're doing because of their failed policies, failing to stand up and just recognizing that this can't work. It's not sustainable. When you walk the streets of New York, Manhattan – Yeah, what's it like? I haven't been there in a little while. It's, it's horrible. It's horrible. Because that's all you see. And now I will say this. These illegal migrants, they are here. They will work. You see them on the sides of the street. They're selling fruits and vegetables and candies and other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the people, a lot of them are good people. As Trump acknowledged, it's not to vilify them or demonize them all. It, that's not what we're saying. It's just that it's not a viable policy to have these laws in place and not enforce them and and have this crazy mixed messaging going on that you can't come across the border but you can come across the border and we you know we're not open borders but if you come across the border we'll let you through in three days if you bring a kid and we'll take care of all your needs but we don't want you here but we'll enroll your kids in school and give you free health care and nobody can call immigrations and customs enforcement or else We'll call them Nazis. So it's like, it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's like anything that's totally mixed signals to these people who are poor people. And I'm sure, you know, enduring a lot of hardship and I'm not without empathy for them, but it's, it's unfair for a few different reasons because it's chaotic and it's dangerous and people shouldn't be bringing their children and, 
there's crime being enabled. And even if they get here, it's, it's uh, my understanding is many of them are indebted to the cartels, to the traffickers who will you know, answer to the cartels. So we're essentially migrating Mexico's terrible um, crime problems into this country. That doesn't mean every per- individual who's coming is a bad person, but many of them, from what I hear, are, um, you know, they had to pay to traffickers to get in and they remain beholden to these traffickers once they're here. So we, we essentially have migrated Mexico, Mexican organized crime into this country now. Um, many, many of them are good people, but like you said, we have migrated the Mexican crimes into this country and we seem to have a Department of Justice, definitely a Homeland Security uh, Secretary, who is pretending as if though none of this is in existence, who's pretending as if though everything is under control and is not. Right. He's completely we're out of his league. Like we're helping the Ukrainian. I mean, I know there are two different situations, but I make the comparison only in the sense that these these idealistic sort of ideas are like all theory, but the practical reality is, you know, kids are dying on the way here from Mexico. Once people get here, they're still indebted to the traffickers. There's now organized crime. They're still poor. Uh, in Ukraine, we have the country half destroyed at this point as we pour weapons into something that would have been resolved many years ago if we had just stayed out of it and the people would be much better off. It's like there's all this good intention, but clearly these are very misguided policies that are the, the practical reality of what they amount to is chaos and more suffering to people all in the name of humanitarianism this country's bleeding hundreds of billions of dollars and just you know has a, you know it's like a person who's just becoming a mess trying to help other people who have problems that are even worse than themselves and they're not actually helping them, they're enabling them. You know, that's a, I'm, I'm into psychotherapy tonight, Rob, but that's another term people use a lot, enabler. You know, it's like under Joe Biden and the Democrats, this country is becoming an enabler of some of the worst dysfunction all around the world. You know, in the name of leading, we are enabling dysfunction. And it's not sustainable. I keep saying that. We can't sustain this. We can't continue along these lines. The bottom mm-hmm. is going to fall out. We're up against a wall, as I mentioned with Eric Adams. He's saying we can't do it anymore. It's impossible. Yeah. But he's the one who opened up the door yeah. and started this when he was being warned and cautioned. And I find it interesting also that he was trying to throw in. He was like, well, this is because of Trump and his policies. Trump has long been since out of office. But see, what? they know that we can always run to Trump and the Republicans and blame them. And the American people, they don't know any better. They'll just say, oh, yeah, that's right. That's How right. on earth can he blame Trump for this one? Trump. Oh, but he did. And, and, and they're doing that, which I find, Heather, it's unbelievable. But the mainstream media, the mainstream liberal media, they have been successful with that narrative. That mm-hmm. if you link Trump's name to it, people will start shaking their heads and saying, that's right, that's right. Whereas Trump had nothing to do with this. Not at all. He wanted to build a wall. He wanted to yep. stop illegal immigration. And it's the Democrats who said, no, look at Texas. This judge came out and said, oh, well, you guys have got to remove those, I think, balloons that are in the water to allow people to come across. Allow them to come across for what? They don't belong here. We don't know who's coming across. Look at the guy from Venezuela that they recently caught. I think it's Pennsylvania. He escaped, escaped prison. Oh, right. Yeah. And he was on the lane. He was here illegally. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. 
illegally. And there have been so many others who've been here illegally that are committing crimes. And those are the individuals that Trump was referring to when he came down the escalator. But people don't see it. Oh, he's saying that oh, they're all bad. No, he's not. No, he specifically said some of them are nice people. But the nice ones, very few are coming across. That was evil somehow that he said that. that was, like, I don't mean to laugh, but it's like, you know, somehow that was considered objectionable that he said, you know. It was considered objectionable and evil because the media controlled the narrative and they were able to twist it. At the time he said it, they were looking at him and saying, oh, we're going to have fun with this guy. Oh, he's dumb. He's crazy. We're just going to just show him every night. But then once he became president, they say, wait a minute, what did we do here? Now we've got to turn him to the evil orange man. And you have so many people completely oblivious mm-hmm. as to what the media is doing. And that is right yeah. now. I find they just it interesting. One side, they just listen right. To one it. side, and I find it interesting that the black office. communities in mm-hmm. Chicago and New York are now speaking out. And I say you're speaking out, but when it's time to vote, are you mm-hmm. going to put your money? Are you going to put your vote where your mouth is? Because you know who created this, and it will continue going on until you stop it. So you're complaining about it. You're saying that it's impacting your communities. You said they're bringing them here is impacting your businesses, impacting the schools that your kids go to. But when it's time to vote, are you going to vote accordingly or are you going to keep voting for the same people that are doing the exact same thing? And I kind of think that they're going to vote for the same people because you look at Chicago, Heather. They had an opportunity to put someone else in office. They kicked out Mary Lightfoot, Lori Lightfoot, because they said she was horrible. And we knew she was going to be horrible. We knew she wasn't going to do anything but increase the problems. So now they have this other guy, Johnson. He's doing the exact same thing. The exact same thing. So I don't think people get it. And I don't think that they're going to get it until their personal lives are impacted by it, just like one of the city council members in Chicago, who was all for, oh, defund the, was it Chicago or Minnesota? It was one of those places. That. Oh, that poor woman. She was, right. all... she was She was all for it. Now, we're up against a commercial break, but I want to discuss this on the other side of the commercial break, because she was all for defunding the police. Yeah. And then when she got the crap beat out of her in front of her four-year-old kid, now she's saying, oh, I can't believe this. So we're up against a commercial break. We're going to go, we're going to come back, and we're going to continue this discussion with No Room in the Inn and their illegal immigrants. Stay tuned for more. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. 
For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. And we're back for the last half after dark Robin Andrew and my special guest host, Heather Robinson of the New York Post. I gotta tell you guys, Heather is a great writer. So you definitely want to go and read her stuff whenever she's on. If she's written a piece, we'll always share the link to it. But Heather, don't you also write for another uh, publication? I do some work for a publication called the Free Press and also okay. Jewish News Syndicate. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely encourage you guys to uh, check her out. That's Heather Robinson. She's also on X, formerly known as Twitter. Just like Sugar Ray Robinson or Swiss Family <laughs> Robinson or Jackie Robinson. Yes, Heather Robinson. That's me. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. So when we went to break, we were talking about this. I said Chicago Congresswoman, but it was actually the Minnesota Minnesota, Minnesota Democrat Farmer Labor Party, DFL leader, documented that she was violently attacked and that it was a terrifying ordeal. Her car was carjacked. Her name is Shivantha Sanathadin. And she was attacked. I think it was she posted this on Facebook September 5th. She was attacked violently in front of her young children. And whoever attacked her, they beat the crap out of her. And she took a picture of herself. Blood was coming down her face. But does it have to get to this before these people wake up and realize that their policies are failing and have failed? Well said. Well said, Rob. I mean, what what, what other way can I put it? Well, They're does failing it have and they to get... failed. I just feel like there are none so blind as they who will not see. I don't mean to sound simplistic, but some things are simple. You cannot turn, you know, violent crime and the um, prosecution of violent crime into a social psychology experiment. You cannot, I mean, there's just a limit to what you can do in the name of trying to reshape society. And this is just common sense 101. And I, I, you know, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, these people, my, they're good friends of mine. They just vote on ideology and some kind of, and, and I think that, you know, we get back to the media. I think media is very powerful. And when you watch shows every night and only read newspapers and only associate with other people who reinforce these, this catechism, you know, this left wing set of ideas that's like a religion i think it's like they feel that if you do not believe this way you're you're evil you're a bad person that they've been told that trump and trumpism and conservatism is racist is you know sexist is anti-human and that's what has been repeated and i guess you know you repeat a lie over and over again, like George Orwell says, it becomes true, truth in the minds of many people. And I think that's what's happened. I think that, you know, they think that it's not a matter of all of us being human and cause and effect and crime and punishment. And there needs to be consequences for breaking laws and they have to be enforced equally, whether you're liberal, conservative, black, white, city, country, young, or, you know, there have to, has to be some common standards, things like that. 
this has been now twisted into that that's all part of the patriarchal, evil, sexist, white man power structure. So we have to throw out all common sense. And I hate to say it that way because I don't, I'm a woman, as you know, and I love being one. And I don't think that, you know, I, I, I don't mean to make it sound like I think every liberal is completely irrational. I mean, there are people like my friend who I was telling you about, and she and I can talk. And sure enough, once we talk about it, we find common ground. Um, but I think that part of the problem is these conversations aren't taking place very often. It's like liberals associate with other liberals and conservatives with other conservatives, and they go back to their respective media. And so I think that's part of what's going on. They're just stubbornly digging in. They refuse to see that these policies are bad and producing bad results. And it's like they're in denial, even when it's right in front of their face and, you know, aggressive, mentally ill or, or you know, rampaging and screaming and, you know, there's more mayhem and crime. And, uh, you know, look, look no further as I, we keep going back to in 2020, we were told not to believe our lion eyes, you know, that the protests were not violent, even though in many places in the country, many times over, they, you know, most of the people who went to them weren't being violent, but there was violence many, many places again and again and again. And the media kept saying no. That, that this is fiery but peaceful. You know, we the media does lie. You know, it, it, it and the Democrats have harnessed this. This we talked about it last week, Rob. These deep currents in the culture, things that people feel very bad about from the past, and there are reasons that yes, terrible things happen. Slavery, Jim Crow. You know, the terrible history, but they've harnessed the feelings and and guilt about that into turning it into like their political manipulation today and now they apply this to all kinds of things whether it's transgender and this and that anything that is something that they want to use to get political power they play on people's emotions and manipulate i mean it's like a person who you know tries to get what they want by guilt tripping you you know, emotional manipulation. Again, to return to the theme of the evening, if we're talking about psychotherapy in private life, that would be a person who's like a master manipulator who can find things that have a grain of truth, but then they're they're manipulating you, you know, to, to feel guilty, including for th things that you didn't do to get you to do what they want. And that's, I think, a lot of what their party, their, their leadership has become. They're like manipulators. They're like, join us, feel, you know, or else you have to just feel eternally guilty. If you don't vote for us, you know, and see it our way, then you're one of the bad people. But now we're offering you absolution, you know, like a religion. If you vote for us, you will be cleansed, you will be pure, you will be one of the non racist, one of the you know, non-sexists, one of the good people. And that's what they're selling. They're not selling policies that actually work or improve people's lives or help people gain the, the wherewithal and the means to improve their own lives. They're just, they, they perform terribly. The leadership is terrible. The ideas are bad. And nobody cares because they're just being emotionally manipulated. Emotionally manipulated, and it's all, and and I always say that it's it's all by design. If you speak up and if you say, "Well, I don't agree," they want to immediately run to a word, a kill word that will shut you down. 
But as you mentioned, we need to start having these conversations with Democrats, Republicans, conservatives, and liberals and say, okay, let's just stop and just hear me out. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine this weekend, and it got kind of testy on his part because he just saw things completely different. I said, I understand what you're saying. And I said, I I hear you. I said, but I I want you to hear what I have to say also. But he he wouldn't because the whole thing was – well, you're not agreeing with me and you got to see it this way. I'm, right. My thing is, okay, but I'm like, but, but, but wait, I said, but wait, just listen to what I have to say. I don't, you don't have to agree with it, but just listen. But I, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of times people don't want to listen mm-hmm. because they've been told that this is the right way. And so many other people agree with me, but the danger in that is that they're getting their information from one side. And majority of the time it's from I hate to say it, but it's from the liberal news media, be it on TV or in the newspaper. And I'm not saying go to Fox or go to Newsmax or some other conservative outlet and let them feed you. What I am saying is go and do your own research, study history, look at the patterns, look at the things that have happened before in the past. As I mentioned, right now we're saying open the borders, let everyone come in. But when you look a decade ago, you had both Republicans and Democrats saying that we need to correct our border problem. You had Bill Clinton, you had Barack Obama, you had Hillary Clinton. What changed? I'll tell you what changed. They looked at this and say, hey, this is a way that we can change the election. We can get more people voting for Democrats. And then the media not being willing to say this is what's happening. They're just reporting one side because to them, this is good. And the other thing that people have to realize that a lot of people that are giving you this information, they themselves have worked in the White Houses of these presidents. So it's a continuation of their policies. You think that you're getting the truth, but you're not. They're giving to you their narrative that that administration had. You look at CNN, a majority of the people, commentators on CNN, either worked in the Bill Clinton White House or worked in Barack Obama or served on campaign staff of a lot of Democrats. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have the same thing with Fox as well, but you got to look at both sides. You got to make certain that what are they telling me or what aren't they telling me? And mm-hmm. I know we hear the polls about people not trusting the media and whatnot, but still, For this idea that it's okay for our borders to be opened, let everyone come in, and if you're against it, they're going to label you some type of phobe, and if you're not for Ukraine, but sending money to Ukraine, it is, I want to say it's embarrassing, but it breaks my heart that we're giving them $48 billion. Meanwhile, we got the people in Hawaii that are suffering, and we're only going to give them $700 a piece, and then we have illegal immigrants coming over, and we're going to make certain that they're living in these high-rise hotels. Why don't we go to Hawaii and say, okay, you guys are without your homes. We're going to make certain that you're taken care of. Whenever there's a national disaster, why aren't we going into those towns and saying, we're going to make certain that there's a place for you to stay? Mm-hmm. Florida just encountered, encountered a hurricane. Why aren't we reaching out to them and say, we're going to make certain that you have a place to stay? Why? I'm sorry for these people, but why are we more concerned with the Mexican and South American people than with our own people? I can't figure it out. I, mean, I cannot figure it out. Why like, aren't we concerned? And why aren't more people standing up and saying, wait a minute, put the brakes on this. Instead, they're out protesting, oh, more illegal aliens, more illegal aliens. Let them come here. Let them come here. But they're getting your taxpayer dollars. What about your citizens that aren't very, getting this? It's very weird. It's, and, you, and, then, and then we'll send FEMA out and FEMA, well, we don't have enough money, but we're trying. But the moment illegals come here, you have people forming groups. Oh, let's send them this money. Let's give them this because, oh, they're without. But you have your American neighbors who are without. Why do we still have poverty in our inner cities? Why are children still going to school 
hungry. Why is that? Why are they going home hungry? What is happening here? In the richest country in the land, but right now it is, why do we still have poverty? And then we want to bring other people in and, and we got to give to them. We want to put them at the front of the line where there are people, Heather, that are coming here doing it the right way, getting an attorney to get their citizenship, to get their papers to work here. But we want oh, people to cross the border. We I want know. them to hopscotch. I, I just don't get it. It's a long process. I have a friend. This is an awful story. I've mentioned it before. He was blinded as a child intentionally. He was the victim of an Islamist extremist in Sudan. It has taken him so many years to get uh, a green card even. I mean, it's a whole process, even for people who genuinely are the most truly uh, afflicted. And and it's just, that's part of what is very unfair about this, honestly. I mean, I'm not against anybody, but economic migrants are not automatically, you know... <sighs> bona fide asylum seekers. I mean, that's a specific legal designation. It's something that there's a whole field of law built around. And it's, I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, coming because you want a better life, it's not a crime. And what is technically a crime to come here illegally, but it's, it doesn't make you a bad person, but it isn't, it isn't something that reaches the level that, I mean, you know, people who have uh, really, really legitimate asylum claims um, have, and even those people have to go through a process. So, you know, that is part of what is unfair about this. It's, uh, and it's, it's very problematic for all the reasons that we went over. And I, you know, I hate to say it, I think maybe some of it is vanity on the part of some people, you know, they want to feel like humanitarians without actually rolling up their sleeves and doing much. So they pull the Democrat lever and they feel that makes them a good person. But I think now we're seeing in the person of Eric Adams and Kathy Hochul and all these people, I mean, you know, when you see it's actually affecting their lives they're not so full of the endless wish to just keep giving and that, you know, that it's as simple as that. It's, it's leftist hypocrisy. Um, I think if people care so deeply, I think they should sponsor a child, you know, in, in Mexico or Central America, you know, and they should quit voting for policies that don't help anybody. And they should not be encouraging, you know, people to bring their children across the desert and it's too dangerous. And, um, you know, we do need to to build the wall and, and secure the border. A country without borders isn't a country at all. And if we can go and help other countries to protect their borders, to make certain that other people aren't coming in, why can't we do the same thing here? And as I mentioned in the opening of the show, I know people will say, well, this country, it belongs to all of us. And we should be able to just let people come in and out and it doesn't matter because of what happened to the Indians. I get that story. I get that narrative. But if well, we're going to constantly go back to that and bring it up, I mean, uh, we'll never find a solution. Go ahead, Heather. Yeah, and I mean, if, if you're such an ideal, you know, if somebody's a total, genuine humanitarian, first of all, they probably will be sponsoring a child already and doing charity, and most of these people are not, who are in favor of this policy. Um, but yeah, if you I mean, you really believe in one world, then okay, you know, maybe whoever you are, you should give up your apartment or share your place. I mean, if somebody's interested in doing that, I'll listen to them and I'll take them seriously. 
that this is a serious humanitarian issue for them, and they are willing to make a real sacrifice in their life to help the people of Mexico and Central America. But, you know, most of the leftists I know, my, my dear friend who I just mentioned being a big exception, most of them don't have any real interest in the people of Mexico or Central America, and that's not what this is about for them. Um, most of them just want to feel morally superior to you and me, Rob. And the last thing I will say is I think it's important. You know, I know that you and I, we don't demonize the people themselves. You know, these people who are coming, most of them are good people. Um, you know, I'm not a xenophobe. I know you're not either. That's, uh, you know, we are a nation of immigrants, but, you know, there is a process. And right now we are just sending dangerous mixed signals to these people who are vulnerable. That is irresponsible at this point. Um, it has been for quite a while. And I think anybody who doesn't see that hasn't really dug in and studied the issue. They don't follow the news about it that closely. The reality is, you know, we saw an outcry not long ago when some little ones, some children drowned in the Rio Grande because, you know, of those buoys. But the truth is, I, you know, kids are drowning there not infrequently. It's not just because of the buoys. You know, it happens because they are being brought across a river in a desert and it's not safe. And anybody who supports this policy of non-policy, whatever it is, crazy, chaotic border, is contributing to the the imperiling of children. And it really needs to stop. You know, this is not safe. It's not, you know... (sighs) I'm sorry there's there's difficult conditions in Mexico but there's not a genocide happening there's no you know, I mean the only it doesn't make sense to be endangering children this way you know they people should not be being encouraged to drag their children across the desert that is not a humanitarian thing on our part to be doing to be encouraging and it needs to stop well folks there you have it on after dark with Robin and Andrew there's no more room in the end they're illegal immigrants, not aliens, but they did not migrate here by honoring our laws. I want to thank you for tuning in tonight. Tune in again tomorrow night for another great episode of After Dark with Robin Andrew. And as my dear friend Andrew would always say, stand for something or fall for nothing. Thank you and good night. Good night.